For so many modern driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies and then a successful coaching and online course business. But for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. We're here to share an insider's peek into the strategies and mental resilience it takes to create and run six and seven figure online businesses. As women entrepreneurs, only 2% of us will ever earn a million dollars. We've done it ourselves and we're on a mission to help you reach financial independence by chronicling our journey and sharing our proven playbook. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow a business and build a life that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the new podcasts that drop every single Tuesday. Welcome to the And She Spoke podcast. Today's episode is about burnout. And all of the interesting developments historically around the topic of burnout and our thoughts personally on burnout. And so you're just going to kind of get get it all today. Hey, Sandy. Hey. We've had this topic for a week or more, and I'm just, I just can't stop thinking about it. And I'm really excited to dive into this one today. Yes. So, Sandy, you were just telling me before we started that you were making up a timeline about kind of the history of burnout. And do you want to just give folks kind of an overview of what you learned? Yeah. I I just like it's such a word that is so common. And and I just wanted to know, like, what is the history of that word? Who originally said it? Like, where did this whole thing come from? So in 1973, there's a psychologist, Herbert Freudenberger, who came from Germany, I believe, landed in New York City. He's a psychologist and he had his own practice. He created free clinics for homeless, for war veterans. And just through his work, he was the first one to use the term burnout, which he defined as a feeling of exhaustion and fatigue, being unable to shake a lingering cold, suffering from frequent headaches and GI disturbances, sleeplessness, and shortness of breath. And so that was the first record of that actually being spoken or written about in an article. And he also, I thought this was sort of funny that he, he worked like had a full-time practice being a psychologist. And then he would work at the free clinics at night. So he was working like 18 hours a day or something. And then he was like saying, I feel burnt out, which is funny because of course you are, because you were working so much. But then in the eighties, the whole, like what we were just talking about, the war vets, Vietnam war vets were diagnosed with combat or battle fatigue, which was actually recognized by the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. It was actually a a thing that they recognized. And then it somehow moved from military to civilian life. And everyone sort of started saying, but we're, you know, burnt out or we have PTSD. 
And what kind of formalized this, I think, is 1981 when Dr. Christina Maslach, who's a researcher out of UFC Berkeley, she created this like scale called the MBI. And it's her body of work is really burnout in the workplace. And she she breaks down burnout as having three different areas or dimensions, exhaustion, depersonalization or cynicism, and sense of effectiveness. So she created this sort of for corporate to have their workers run through this to see like who's at risk for burnout, right? So you could be exhausted, but still be excited about your job. And so she's got these sort of this scale of burnout. And then in 2019, the term burnout was accepted as a syndrome by the World Health Organization. And a syndrome is where there's sort of a group of signs and symptoms on the human body, but no known cause and no known treatment compared to like a disease, which is like, these are the things that are happening in the body. We know what's causing it and we have a treatment plan. So it's a syndrome and still is to this day a syndrome according to the WHO. But what I think is interesting is like how commonplace it is today. It's like, I'm burnt out on my cooking. I've got, you know, I'm burnt out on the internet. Like every, it's just, it's like lost its meaning a bit. And I think that's why we wanted to do this was just sort of like, really, what does it mean? And do you really have burnout? Yeah. I mean, my takeaway from this article, which I kind of had already, I was already thinking and then listening to this article because it's a New York article and I I was listening to it. And my takeaway is that it's kind of all made up mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just feels like a, to me, it just seems like a dissatisfaction with your life or some elements of your life. And I think that there needs to kind of be that delineation between <laughs> PTSD and this, because like those are really to me, very different. Like if you've just come back from combat in a war or you've been homeless and like unable to shelter yourself and feed yourself, like those are very different than just sort of this, these things that we use so casually and throw around like burnout. I feel, you know, I feel burnt out from my job. Like it's just, okay. Like maybe you're just dissatisfied with your life in society. And I think that for me, this is just another area where we tend to like internalize and individualize like societal problems into individual syndromes or symptoms when it's really like, hey, maybe our culture is broken and maybe that's why all these people feel this way because maybe we shouldn't Mm -hmm. be living like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. But I also, I also think like Everyone listening would probably say, I am burnt out or I have been burnt out in the past. And I think there's something around this like value of work, like we deeply value hard workers. And then if we say that we're burnt out, there's somehow there's like a level of validation because that's I'm telling you, wink wink, I'm a really hard worker. And so it's almost like you want to be burnt out because that like is how we validating our lives. It's sort of proving who you are. I do agree that there's not like I am uncertain about the actual definition of burnout and who is. I'm pretty sure the all the medical workers in the pandemic were burnt out. They were purely truly exhausted mentally, physically. Yes. But I'm talking more about like the creator space, the online space, people running businesses. Like I just I think it's too I just I just I just think it's like an excuse. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and the people who have jobs. Like People who get up and and go sit at a desk, for example, for their job all day, yeah, and they're not dealing with life or death. Like, really, you're burnt out, really. 
<laughs> like I just, I guess for me, and I definitely felt burnt out myself from the during the pandemic when I worked every single day mm-hmm. for very long hours. Mm-hmm. But it's like overworked. And I don't know, I think emotionally and mentally burnt out because of some things that were going on, which you and I have talked about at length on this podcast around our own business in the pandemic. But I think mm-hmm. if I was just working long hours, it wouldn't have been burnout. You know what I mean? It was it was that added emotional stress. And I think about like in my younger life, I worked all the time. Like I was I went to law school. <laughs> I mean, I like I put myself through college without student loans and like worked many multiples of jobs and like went out every night and studied. I like didn't sleep, right? Like I've had so many periods of my life where I'm like I worked all the time. I was busy all the time and I wasn't quote unquote, burnt out. So I think it's like less about even the number of hours you work and more about like this combination of feeling like you're overworked along with this general sense of dissatisfaction. And I I think that rather than like calling it burnout and individualizing and internalizing that as like something's wrong with my particular situation and I need to rest I don't know. Maybe society is fucked up and we need to make some changes so that you don't feel unhappy all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem, though, is people will say they equate like if you work really hard, you will burn out. And I, I would challenge all of the listeners to go back to a period of time when you worked really hard or long hours and didn't feel burnt out. And it's the attitude. It's the way that you're thinking about it. You want to go to law school. You want to spend time with your friends versus like, I'm just doing so much. I'm, I'm burnt out. And I, I think like if, if everyone is suffering from burnout, if everyone says they're burnt out, then no one is because that's just life. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's like there's it's lost its meaning because everybody's burnt out. And I think when we think that all of our jobs should be wonderful and easy and fun and it's not, and then yeah, sure, then you can quickly jump to say like, oh, I'm so burnt out. Yeah, you know what? My third year of law school, Sandy, which you know, but I'm just think reminding myself of it. My mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer and I flew back and forth almost every weekend between Seattle and Raleigh, North Carolina. And I was a law student and I was like dealing with with managing my mom's cancer treatment and knowing that she was about to die and having to deal with kind of the estate planning of all of that. And I like, I never once said I was effing burnt out. And I mean, I was sad. It was was traumatizing. It It was shitty, but it just wasn't. And I think like if that had happened now, I would probably be like, I'm hammering on about how burnt out I was. So I think it's kind of like culturally contagious, right? Because, because like I didn't, I don't remember ever saying those words back then. And I would clearly, if there's a scenario for being burnt out, that would have been appropriate. Right. And so, yeah. But that's just life to me. Like, of course, we're going to go through these terrible, horrible, stressful times and we're still going to take care of kids and parents and bring in the money or continue studies or whatever you're doing. And it's like rough and awful and terrible, but that is the hell of life and we all need to go through it. And and I guess if you want to use that term, I'm burnt out, but you're not always going to be burnt out. Like you will move through that phase and be able to come out of it on the other side. But I think this like indoctrination that like we're all burnt out is is really dangerous. The other thing I think is scary is that people, and this is more in business, I think women will not try or not 
be all in for the fear of burning out. Like they think that I want this, but I have to do all this work and all these hours. That means I will burn out. Therefore, I should not go and, you know, go towards that. I might just do less or none or like, you know, find a lot of procrastination, a lot of reasons to not do it. That's what's really harmful, I think, about about this uh, attitude towards burning out. Mm-hmm. That's so weird to me. I find that so unrelatable. You've brought this up a lot of times, like that you hear this from yeah. you know people in our audience and that you've shared this with me. And I just find that so unrelatable and just confusing because life is life. Like life is going to be hard a lot of the time and it's going to be beautiful if you allow it to be also. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Like I, I, I guess to me, it's just as hard to like be bored or unfulfilled, you know, not living up to your potential. Like that's, that's worse to me than like working hard. (laughs) And so I guess it's so confusing. Like, I think, I think this idea of burnout is hurting us then as women. That's right. Like, I just think it's dangerous and toxic and probably a lie, like, to be honest, because like, what did people do a hundred years ago? They like worked their asses off, like growing food and milking cows and taking care of lots of babies and, you know, like dealing with like all kinds of illness that there wasn't like a drugstore around the corner to go get medication. For. Like I just, mm-hmm. that was life. It was not burnout. Burnout. Yeah. I know you don't relate to this, but I do, oh, I, I know it to be true. I've heard it a hundred times that people are like, you know, we can say do all these things and they're like, I'll burn out if I do all those things, right? There's such a yeah. fear of that switch flipping over that they'll get sick or they'll quote unquote burn out. And I just think then nothing new will be created if we all sit in fear of of being tired and exhausted for a short period of time, then that's a huge problem. And I think it's because we equate if we want more money, if we want more business, we're equating that with more time and energy. That's not true, right? Like you can work really smart in this day and age. You can work really smart and make money and not burn out. Like it's totally possible. But when you first do that launch or you first, whatever, send some emails or you first copyright or your first sales, whatever it is, of course it's going to be tough and rough and take more time than it would the 10th time around, but you'll never get anywhere if you just use the excuse or the fear of burning out. And I, I think that's I think that's something that all entrepreneurs really need to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's a boy who cried wolf thing, Sandy, too. So that like if you think that just doing work that makes you uncomfortable or or doesn't allow you to watch Netflix as much is burnout, then when, you know, when you really do get into a situation where your body is breaking down because you're not taking care of yourself properly, which is, I think, also what real burnout entails, you're not getting proper nutrition and sleep and, you know, your mental health is suffering, your relationships are suffering, then like to equate those as the same thing is dangerous because then you're not you know, like you're not really on the lookout for the actual problems and concerns you should have. So if your work is not like pushing you to not sleep more than three or four hours a night, then like maybe you're not working too hard. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I just don't – I don't think humans were designed to spend hours a day watching television and yeah. scrolling TikTok. I think it's better to work those hours. Like just that's my opinion. I think you would be mm-hmm. better, more healthy – have a better life if you were working instead of doing that. It doesn't mean like all the time and every day, but like probably better for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. We were literally not 
designed to sit in a chair and stare at a screen all day. Absolutely. So how can, and if that's how we've chosen to make our money, like how, like it's an attitude, it's a mindset. It's like, okay, this is what I want to do. How many hours do I, like it's planning. That's what I think I'm trying to get at. It's like, this is what I want to do. Then this is what I need to do in these types of hours. Here's the list. But when we have this like mental overwhelm of like, oh, it's too hard or I don't know and I'm not technical, like all these excuses and you just are in your head all the time. It's exhausting. and You actually have never done anything. You've never actually produced anything. You just tell yourself that you should and you beat yourself. It's just like that, you know, people say I'm burnt out doing that and they actually haven't done anything. Yeah. And so I think there's sort of two sides where there's the mental exhaustion, oh, I'm so burned out, nothing to show for it. And then these are other side of like, I'm working and I'm only getting three hours a night asleep, but look at what all that I've done, but I'm burnt out. I think it's just a mental game. You're all fired up about your business until you have to go and market it, talk about it, promote it. All of that feels so heavy, hard, and overwhelming. We know that your business will flourish when you become comfortable promoting your work. And for that reason, we created Visible, a program that helps women amplify their voice in a world that tries to keep them quiet. Build an audience around your body of work and not just your body. So forget everything you've been taught about marketing. Visible is your fastest route to building an audience of raving fans that can turn into paying clients. Inside bonus, you can ignore trend alerts on Instagram. Join Visible today at joinvisible.co. Here's the thing. If you're really inspired and you're working late hours or waking up really early to work, you're probably not going to feel burned out. out. That's that's my perspective and my experience is like, you're so excited about what you're producing, your creativity, your contribution that you actually don't even feel burnt out. So, I mean, I think yeah, if you get sick, you like catch, you know, an illness and then you don't take care of yourself and then you keep going without slowing down. Like that's when the shit hits the fan and you and things start to happen. Your white blood cell count maybe change. Like things bad things happen, right? Mm-hmm. As we both know. But but this idea of like, oh, I don't want to work too hard or put myself in a position right. where I might that's have to work hard. Statement. Yes. That is yes. like really weird. And I wonder where, where, like, I guess it's just cultural, the general culture. I think it's, yeah, I think it's the rhetoric out there. I think it's the stories people tell. I just read this somewhat disturbing article written by a millennial, basically, in my opinion, had that, that attitude. And she was like, she had this one statement that said like towards, it's a very long article. And she said, for example, while I was writing this article, I'm paraphrasing. I don't have it in front of me. But while I while I was writing this article, I was posting in pictures on Instagram. I was keeping up with Slack conversations. I was doing my day job and I was planning a move. And she listed all these things. And I'm like, well, then don't do half those things. Like you don't have to post. You can't tell me that you're burnt out and you're posting, you know, posting on Instagram. Like, no, like that's that is your choice, right? And I know it's habit and it's maybe we haven't sort of called into question all the things that we're doing, but this is the time. If this is a a permanent state for you or permanent belief, then I would just like, what do I not have to do, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make different choices. God. That's right. I mean, I think I would like it if our listeners would at least consider 
banishing this <laughs> word from their vocabularies. Like just try, try to make 2024 the year you don't use that word and don't like fear this idea of burnout and see how different your business yeah, is. That's that's such a great challenge. And I think I think what people would find is that when you start accomplishing things, like when you start to write the article or start the podcast and or whatever it is, you, you get going, you get some momentum and you can look back and go, look what I did over the last 30 days. And that feeling of accomplishment fuels more, right? Like you want to go more, you want to do more, you want to have more because it's like, it just, it's, it's self-fulfilling. It's so fun. But when we're like, Ooh, I better only do a podcast every month. Cause I don't want to burn out. Mm-hmm. Disaster. Yeah. There's this, <laughs> speaking of Instagram, I don't go on there very much, but I go on there sometimes and I sent you Oh, yeah. Accomplishment of like hikes in Sedona because you're going to yeah. be coming yes. to Arizona soon, and I wanted you to look at them so we could pick some hikes to do. But I yeah. anyway, I also then started the algorithm is like, oh, I found a sucker here who wants to see like <laughs> interesting <laughs> adventure videos, and so it showed me this video of a place in southern Utah where you can go cliff jumping, mm-hmm. and it's like. It's basically a zip line, but there's a ton of slack in the rope. So you like run and Ooh, then I, don't like it, I know, I know, I know. But like you run and you jump. It's basically like you're free falling into a canyon. And then the and then you kind of catch and then you zip line over to the other side. And I love this stuff, right? So I don't do any of it anymore because I'm trying to be a responsible adult. This was like partly the deal I made with my husband when we decided to have a child a long time ago is that I would stop doing things like this. But I was like, God, I want to do that so bad. So anyway, I showed it to him and he had the same reaction as you. It's like he couldn't even look at it. And my reaction to him, my response was like, you basically just want me to live in a bubble. Like mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I get it. You want me to be safe because you care about me and you, you know, you want to know that I'm protected. But like for me... That's the riskier thing is like not living my life. And so I don't get there's like there's like a light like amount of my life that isn't getting lived when I'm not taking those kinds of risks or having adventures that is like deeply problematic to me and who mm-hmm. I am on this planet, right? And so I think I think that's like kind of how I feel about burnout in business like if you're not like yeah, you can take no risks and you can have a you can, you know, find some way to support yourself that's like considered relatively stable and you can just like not want anything more than you have. And you can just like never do that, right? But if feel called mm-hmm. to produce thought leadership, to like build something that didn't exist in the world, to whatever, to accomplish things that you don't currently have, you're going to have to work mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and ch- make changes and give mm-hmm. things up and take risks and like everyone gets to make that decision for themselves. Right. And you will always win in the end if you keep trying and don't give up and keep iterating and learning and trying. That's what we're just hammering into all of our clients, right? Like just start, just do something. And yeah. what worries me the most people who don't take action. Jenny, I just want to share a story. You just you just said like your husband just wants you to live in a bubble and it's not really who you are and the bigger danger is not actually being who you are. So yeah. over Christmas, I've been meaning to tell you this. Over Christmas, I, I it was actually Christmas Eve. I was driving to my mom's house for dinner, and on CBC they had this reporter whose name was Rosie Fernandez. Tell mm-hmm. me you haven't heard this. That doesn't sound familiar to no. you. Okay. No. So she's a reporter for CBC, I think, and uh, she was being interviewed, and she. Her name is Rosie Fernandez, and she's always really hated her name. And then she was doing a story. She was interviewing a poet, 
And the poet said to her, if my name was Rosie Fernandez, I would just, I would love to have that name. And she was like, what? Really? I've always hated my name. And so this poet's name is Wendy Morton. And she's like, Wendy Morton, you can't do anything with Wendy Morton. Like Rosie Fernandez is such a better name. And so after they concluded that interview, Wendy Morton wrote a poem called, If I Had a Name Like Rosie Fernandez. And she wrote this poem about this alter ego, you know, her name was Rosie Fernando, who she would be and how she would act in the world. And she at the time was not a very famous poet, but this is like her legacy poem. And she runs workshops on helping people write poems around like, if my name were X, what you would do, like this sort of framework, right? And I was just so, and then Rosie Fernandez, the actual <laughs> Rosie Fernandez is like, oh, I kind of love my name now, right? But but when Wendy asked, answered the question, like, why do you think this has taken off? She said, it's because people aren't living their true selves and they're hiding and they're doing what they're supposed oh. to do and they're staying oh. small and all the things that you just said. Mm-hmm. And like changing your name, like gives you this like new, fresh face or thinking, like freedom of to be who you, who you want to be. So it's sort of an interesting concept if you like. If I had a name like, and then choose the name you always wanted, like how mm-hmm. would you act? Hmm. I love that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a little tangent. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I mean, I think most of our listeners in this show are entrepreneurs or want to become entrepreneurs. And if, if that's, if, if like you have an inkling in that intuitive desire to be an entrepreneur, in my mind, you've got to like, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about burnout or don't worry about failure. Don't worry about risk. Like you actually, you owe it to yourself to do that because it's who you are. Like you recognize that fitting into the mainstream narrative of like work for someone else and put all your money in your 401k and one day you'll be old enough to retire to go play golf every day or whatever the hell people think that they do. (laughs) Like that's something else is calling to you. Like something about that story doesn't align with you in some way because otherwise I don't think you'd want to be an entrepreneur like you want something more or you feel like you need to make something that doesn't exist so you have to do that and the the way you burn out is by like not doing it and sitting there and watching yeah and then beating yourself up and telling you how terrible you are and you should have done this this that that adds to burnout 100% but it's just, to me it's just a mental game it's all in, it's just an yeah. inside job to just to rethink to rethink this. Yeah. I love the challenge, Jenny. I think we should just kind of wrap this up with that. Like, what would your year be like if you didn't use that? If you just banished it, what would you? If you never said that, like for me, I never say I don't have time. For you, what if you never said I'm I'm feeling burnt out or I'm worried about being burnt out? Mm-hmm. How would that change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I challenge everyone to take that on. I mean, what if actually working harder or working more or contributing more, however you want to phrase it that aligns with you and is motivational, what if that actually makes you less burnt out? (laughs) It's just like, what if, just try it on that the harder you work, the more energy you have. Just like, because that's actually probably true. Watch the belief that hard work equals burnout or hard work. Like it's not hours, right? It's not like you don't need to work 12 hours a day. That's not what we're saying. It's just like being really smart, planning, using your time really well, 
like think about what you want to do. And I think also it's like building in the rest too. Like if you do a launch, if you do something intense, then you plan, plan a rest, like just be really smart about it and you won't burn out. Sandy, I just also have to say the footnote here, which is that just to be like brutally honest, I am happiest. You're like, don't, you don't have to work 12 hours a day. So I do not work anywhere close to 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I work not nearly anything like that. And I have been in mo- for most of the time that I ever worked really long hours. Like when I was working 12, 14, 18 hours a day, it was probably when I was happiest and most fulfilled. So I also don't want people to feel guilty like for wanting to work. Yeah, you know, sure. I think I think we've like in the last five years collectively, especially women, especially in business, like we've just kind of, I don't know, put this idea of like not working very much up on a platform. And I, for me, I was like, oh yeah, I bought into it for a long time. I like miss working my ass off. (laughs) I miss that feeling. I like, I like, I almost, anyway. I just, I think that that's, this is a bigger conversation and I think we shouldn't glorify. I think you need to do what's right for you. We shouldn't glorify overwork or underwork. Like it just, it's not about that. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Cause over Christmas we had some time off and I almost lost my freaking mind. I was so bored. I was so I hate not working. I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) I need to have another challenge. Like, like when we were living and traveling in the Airstream, the reason I love traveling is because it's hard. Cause like, where There's am I going to sleep tonight? To is a yeah, problem yeah. to solve. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. how are we going to cook our food? And what, like all of the daily living things are challenges. And it, yeah. and like, that's why I like it. That's Not because I don't easy. like all inclusives for that reason. I, yeah, I, that doesn't sound good to me at all. Like I'm not interested unless it was like, oh, oh, you know what does sound good to me? This <laughs> is like, this is total tangent. Again, the algorithms of the world. YouTube showed me this video the other day of these people going on an around the world cruise. All these people, like mostly retired people, but some families and some younger couples. And it was it's a nine-month cruise. And I was like, that might be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because of the length of time and what and you would see. Like so many countries, and they're like yeah. Two weeks in going to Antarctica and their meal, like you, your food is, you don't have to think about that, but you get to go on all these excursions. I do think that's too fast. Like, I think it's, I don't want to go to Brazil for one day, you know, like I don't, that's yeah, not right, terrible right. to me, but the, but this idea of, anyway, I think there, there are cases where you can still all inclusive and still have a good, tr- a good time, then decide where you want to go back to and have more adventures. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So join hustle? no burnout. Yeah. No burnout. No, we're you not going to use that word. We're going to like, I think we should install a beeping buzzer into, into this podcast tool where we can add like sound effects. So if, if anyone ever word. uses the word yeah. and yeah. on the podcast, we can buzz it. Yeah. No whammies. Okay. So the joy, join hustle. So the joy for this week, I just want to talk about my hand pan, which is maybe a little dorky. Totally dorky. <laughs> really Go dorky. I came across a video a couple months ago. I did not even know this thing existed. And I came across a video, which I think I sent to you. And I was like mesmerized by these things. It's like sound bowls, but on steroids. Jenny, so- I'm just want to, it's really hard to hear that word. I just want everyone oh. done it. It's a hand pan, P-A-N, hand, right? Hand pan. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it <laughs> even a terrible sounding word. Hand pan. 
I call it patty pan <laughs> because I don't know. That's what I call it. I don't call it a hand pan because I don't like that word. Okay. So it's like this big gong that you <laughs> basically put in your lap. And it's like a it's like a drum. It's like a hand. Like a steel drum, right? It's like a steel drum, but dorkier and looks like a UFO. It's like so absurd. It was invented in, I think, 2000. So it's not like some ancient mm. instrument. It's like a modern invention. And I love it so damn much. There's all these different, you can get them in different keys. And there's all How like. Often do you play? Oh, I play it every day. You do? Oh, yeah. Like it's in like, the night, in the evening? I play it sometimes when I wake up. If I walk through my bedroom, I play it for a second when I walk by. Mm. It's like a it's like a gong. Like I it's hard to the middle <laughs> note is like a gong sound, but it's uh-huh. called dong. Right. <laughs> Daryl. Anyway, you can watch you can watch and listen to lots of hand pan on YouTube or like Spotify or something if you're interested in it. But I I like it because I don't have to think. I can play it really intuitively and just like it's almost like sound therapy and I just really – it's beautiful and it's it's just to me like it's like earth element. It's like this big heavy metal just like clanging thing and it's not delicate and – You don't have music and, sheets all over. Yeah. No, I just – I mean – there's you, there you can learn it. There's things you can learn, and then and then the other thing is my new idea, which I have not told you, is that I want to get kind of good at it, and then I want to start a hand pan YouTube channel. Oh my god! But no, no. There's people that have like three, four million views on their they they just play. They just sort of play for an hour at a time. They're, you know, like jam band style. They're just they go sit out in the woods. You can put it in the water. I've seen videos of people like sitting in creeks playing it sitting in the snow playing it. And these people are probably like making a shit ton of money with their hand pan videos on YouTube. So like the wheels are spinning, but I don't want it to like the monetization prospect of it to ruin my relationship to it. Right. Oh my God. That's funny. I don't think I have heard. Oh yeah. No, I did watch. Yes. I have heard the sound. I know. Well, that's great. I'm glad you have that as a little creative outlet, as a little spiritual healing thing. Amazing. The hustle. People, the hustle is a podcast we've been listening to recently with Stephen Bartlett. It's called Diary of a CEO, and it's uh, definitely like interview style podcast. But there's something about watching this man who, the way that he interviews and the space that he gives the interviewees, the few questions that he asks, I think he's really amazing at interviewing and pulling out stories and making people cry who weren't, you know, even coming on to talk about an emotional topic. Like there's something to learn from him if you are a podcaster to watching him. And then plus his interviews are just really interesting for so for example, I the first one I watched was Trini London who her name sorry, her that's the company name is Trini London. Her name is Trini Woodall. I have followed her extensively for years. I've mentioned her in the podcast before. I think she's just this amazing, you know, 50-something-year-old that started a business and it's, it's like, a, I think it's like an $8 million business right now. And he and he tells the story of her being a drug addict, which I didn't even know. Anyway, I, it's just worth watching him and his way of communicating with his guests. It's just, it's really magical. Yes. I will just add that my favorite podcast interview of all of last year like of the last 12 months was 
Stephen's interview with Morgan Housel. I love oh, yeah. it. I have I forgot about that. I, I haven't seen to that. Listen to it. Yeah. It's so it's so good. I mean, uh-huh. Morgan Housel is like such a smart, interesting guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows, but and I love I really love his writing and his work. But like that interview to me was mm-hmm. so okay. powerful. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that one. I got all distracted with Trini. Okay. Morgan Housel. And I think super relevant actually to entrepreneurs because his first book was about money, the psychology of money. And so he he's like ostensibly on this podcast to promote his his next book. But still, like everyone who interviews him always asks him about money and talks about finance and money, which I think is really relevant to entrepreneurs. And so I think everyone should listen to that interview. Cool. Okay. Amazing. Thanks, Jenny. All right. Thank you, Sandy. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com.